0: And once again, so easy. Search Ufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit ufyofficialcom slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Birdie Boy Productions is super excited because the Blue-Eyed Mexican, Shane Torres' first stand-up special is on YouTube right now. Check it out. It's on Shane Torres' channel and Burt Kreischer's channel, the Blue-Eyed Mexican. I hope you like it. We're so proud of it. There's a link in the description below. Check it out on YouTube now.
1: I remember seeing a poster when I was in eighth grade that Jim Morrison had been arrested for simulating motivation. And I was like, they send you to jail for just simulating this thing that I do? For 18 months, I refrained in eighth You went and ninth months. grade because my grandfather had died and I was convinced he was gonna see it. By the way, we weren't even close. I don't even think he knew my name.
0: Hey, guys, the tops off World Tour is coming to an end in 2024, and then, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, I will be taking a long break from touring, but not before January 18th in Tucson, Arizona. El Paso, Texas, San Antonio, Amarillo that first week, Casper, Wyoming, Loveland, Colorado, Colorado Springs, Rio Rancho, New Mexico, and then me and Tom, February 10th, are in Las Vegas for the big game at the MGM Grand Garden Arena the following week, Bakersfield, Reno, San Francisco, Stockton. I will see you guys on the road. Tops off world tour. Enjoy the podcast. You know, I was telling Peter today, it's funny when you've known someone as long as I've known you that you forget that people don't know that I know you. Oh, yeah. yeah like yeah, they yeah, just yeah. go, Have you ever yeah. met him? I went, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I almost talked yeah. about it doing stand up. <laughs> <laughs> i uh what was the guy's name who we did talk about of doing stand-up rick schwartz
1: it wasn't rick harris was it was it rick harris yeah god rest his soul he died yeah he was so funny Wait, he died yeah how um the way young people die uh from pancreatic cancer what yeah what
0: Ah, okay this i'll change subjects yeah
1: he had some of the funniest jokes i've ever heard it was funny all the time I would sit with him at Starbucks. I'd be like, I need a closer. And he'd write a closer. He was was really funny.
0: (laughs) He was really fucking funny. He went on to be like a teacher in in DC. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He taught English. Yeah. Because he was so well read and smart and funny. (sighs) I wish I was
0: more well read.
1: Speaking of which,
0: congratulations. Oh, thank you.
1: Thanks for bringing that up, Bert. What a segue. (laughs) What a
0: fucking segue. (laughs) Thank you. What a fucking segue. Oh, man, that
1: was a strong segue. It's crazy that. Where do you get your segues? You know, great question, Gary. People, people never ask that. They want to know where you get your material. They never say, where do you get your speaking of's? Your-
0: I saw a girl when I first started. There was a, a, Jason Steinberg had a room that Tony Woods would go in when I first, first, oh, first Tony started. Woods. And there was a girl who didn't have segues. And she goes, I don't do segues. Every time I want to change something, I ring a bell. And she'd ring a bell. <laughs> That's brilliant. It was fucking hilarious. Oh, it's
1: brilliant. It's, I,
0: I, wonder what, I wonder what happened to all the really good comics that yeah. just... Oh, we yeah. almost too good right away. Yeah.
1: the uh, Or the quirky, eccentric, like, how do you, because uh, there's so many gimmicky comedians, and then there are people who are oh just bizarre, eccentric, like, Louis Schaefer is one of the all-time.
0: Louis Schaefer's, uh... Saw, not gay. Not gay. <laughs> Gay-ish.
1: <laughs> I think of him so frequently whenever Chocolatey I Chocolatey
0: black man. <laughs> Armani-ish. ish you like these glasses? I, I was told in the subway they're very punchable. <laughs> he'll, by the way, he'll definitely hear this. Someone's oh, that would clip be good. He
1: also had this joke where he would say that he would be teased at the beach and kids would kick sand in his face and um, get sand all over his blue blazer. And <laughs> and I said, Mom, why are the kids so mean to me? Why do they call me a fairy? And she said, Princess. <laughs> it's because they're jealous because you have the barbie camper i mean that's one of the all-time jokes right
0: the best louis schaefer moment ever judy gold is about to go on stage and he goes judy what do you want me to say about you she goes oh god i don't know i don't know but don't whatever you say don't make some fucking stupid joke about my height and he goes okay and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, what can I say about this next lady except for fee-fi-fo-fum? Wow.
1: Wow. That. Is it? Did she laugh?
0: Only to be. No, I don't think so. I don't. Aww. Only to be met by one time. That's one of the all-time intros. Oh, he 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 was such an interesting fucking guy. He gave yeah. me my first break. Really? Yeah, working the door at the Boston Comedy Club. I went up Barking, to right? Yeah, barking. Yeah. He told me to move back to Florida. On my 26th birthday, he said, you're never going to make in this business, move back to Florida. And then I said, well, okay. And so I m- went home. How
1: long before that, let me rephrase that. How long after that did we meet? Him telling oh, you. Oh, to-
0: I met you I met you six months after that. Okay. I so met the, you six months yeah, after that. I lo-
1: not, about the same time I was being told by a manager to move back to Boston. Uh, probably. And th- yeah. And then within nine months, we were, for the time, rich. Oh. From the right, the can I tell you the fucking?
0: I just told this story today. Uh, you, I uh, did, you gotta have to edit her name out. Remember her? She worked at NBC or CBS. Yes, she gave us our deals. Yes. So we, me and she was lovely. She was, well, she was great. She, uh, she said to me, uh, hey, what are you doing this Christmas? Is that CBS? And I was like, "Huh?" she was, I'm having a Christmas party. You should come by. And I was like, okay, I'd love that. She's like, cool. Uh, I'll get you. I'll call you. I'll give you all the details. But are you in? And I said, yeah, one hundred percent in. A week before the party, she's like, so you can get a hold of a Santa suit, right? And I was like, oh no, huh? She's like, I was, I was gonna, I was thinking like you'd come in as Santa, and then everyone could sit on your lap and tell them their wishes, and oh. I can give you like a hundred bucks. <gasps> oh my god! And I Lord. was like, I was like, oh. And she oh, was it's like, it's cruel! Not, and she was like, is something? Or is that okay? And I was like, no, that's that's fine. She's like it's not enough, and I was like, "You just gave me one hundred and fifty thousand right. dollars. Why? How do you well, I'm say not. No. How do, I gotta say yes? Yeah. And then she called the day before the party, and she was like, "I feel bad about the Santa suit thing." And I was like, "No, no, no. Don't worry about it." And I was like, "I had a Santa suit. I was going to come as fucking Santa. Wow. So I thought that was part of the deal. You're like McFoley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I remember. I was just drove by her old house on the way here with Peter, and I told him that story. And I was like, it's crazy because I was like, I guess I'm going to Santa. And then that, fucking Les Mumbass is going to sit on my lap.
1: Man, that is extraordinary.
0: Yeah. yeah those were, that was a different, uh, that was a different Hollywood. Yes. We were a part of, it's kind of crazy that we've been a part of. The old. The old yeah. regime. Yeah. Like the, when you yeah. got heat. Yes. When was your first time you got heat?
1: Um, well, it was, it was the, the. What do they call it? The New Faces, JFL. Oh, new Faces in 99. I want to hear every fucking
0: ounce <laughs> of this story. By the way, explain. Like, no one even know New Faces exists, but it's not like it
1: was. No, it's not like it was. And you were you were told. They made it seem like everybody who did New Faces got a six-figure deal. And it, it made your life. And you would probably get a pilot. This is 1999. Nine. Yeah. And it had been going on for years, and I had read about it and heard about it, and everything was focused on getting new faces. You hit, you did your five to seven minutes. You auditioned. I remember auditioning at the comic strip in May. Comic strip is a hot place. For yeah. the record, that's where Orney Adams
0: auditioned when he got new faces <laughs> on on Seinfeld's dock and then lost his shit on the sidewalk. Oh yeah, yeah, of yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it was yeah. Orny yeah. was so great in that. <laughs> I don't think he planned on
1: being, but no. he was such. It's a gut raw, wrenching to watch that. Yeah. 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 It makes me really uncomfortable wa- watching that. So you, who did you, you audition know. with? Do you remember? I I just remember that the late William Stevenson the third hosted. Yeah. At the comic show, he was a great host. He could get that audience going, and I don't remember. I just remember it went well enough, and I was excited. And me and Matt Frost went out, and <laughs> I used to celebrate. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't drink. I used to celebrate by drinking iced coffee late at night so I could stay up late and bask. And there was a Starbucks, a great, like there's any bad Starbucks. There was a Starbucks like right across the street from there. And I got an iced. And and this was, by the way, and I don't know if this was your experience. We were all completely broke. Oh yeah, that was so, totally my experience. Yeah, so get so getting an iced coffee that wasn't a straight iced coffee, I got an actual latte was like this splurge of that, that thing where you're like, I'm gonna be rich. Oh my I just did was- well at the right? I just did well at the audition. I'm gonna be rich. I'm getting the iced latte with a with a syrup squirt. Get used to this order, motherfuckers. Yeah. And, and a dollar tip. None of this keeps the change. I'm throwing a dollar into the tip jar because not literally nine months prior, I was a barista. and now i'm gonna be rich you leaned over
0: you know i used to be you yes oh my gosh totally i was Uh, to this day i'm generous
1: with the with the starbucks people because i'm like those tips meant so much it was gas money it was a date it was eating out to lunch at the end of the week those tips added up man and so i thank you for listening i love telling this story and then on and then you wait which is 90% 90% of Hollywood, right? Why
0: aren't they, not anymore, why really? aren't they fucking calling? Why aren't they fucking calling? Do you remember <laughs> yeah. doing a Barry Cash showcase and the next morning just sitting by your phone going, hey, yes. any minute now? Any minute yes.
1: now? Yes. L- literally within 24 hours, you would find out that you were a couple hundred thousand dollars rich. And, and then you'd, at a, then a certain point, like just like a crazy ex boyfriend,
0: you'd call Barry yes. at like four 445. <laughs> you'd be like, hey, buddy. What's up, Papa? Oh, my god! Bear with me for a second. Yeah. Bear with me. Hold yeah. on. I got, I got Louie Anderson in here. He's, oh he god. loves you. He love loves you. I love We Louis. loved Louis. He was so god, nice we to did, us. We did love Louie. Yeah.
1: He was so nice to us when he, because when, I couldn't get in at the comedy store, but we had a back door, and that Louie would put us up on Sunday nights in the main room, and it, and it was awesome. But... And the and the, the comedy store kids re- resented it. Oh yeah, they hated us oh. for it because it was. I a wish back- I knew
0: who they were now. I wish I knew it was Ari.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure Ari resented us. Ari's, Ari, Ari was so resentful back then. He, everything you would get was. How'd you get that? Ari knew every manager, every agent,
0: every yeah. casting director. He knew yeah. every. I remember he would going, have made a
1: great agent.
0: He, well, <laughs> I think that's racist to say now,
1: but. <laughs> Not for another Jew.
0: He was a great agent, a great banker. <laughs> the, uh, um, the I should have never listened to a documentary on the Rothschilds. Now, diamond broker, diamond broker. Uh, th- th- I'm, I'm glad
1: that something hasn't changed. That you would watch. <laughs> uh, I remember one time in your 20s, you getting really into the Illuminati. <laughs> I thought it had a connection. Riveted to Tupac's group. Yeah, <laughs> riveted <laughs> was, by the Illuminati. So then on June 28th, I'm in my car and Maureen Tarrant, who was my manager at the time, up, the, it, it, was, it was always great to get a phone call where they would say, I have somebody else on the phone call with you. You knew something exciting was going to happen. How great was happening. it
0: when they, when they go, hold
1: on, we're waiting for Andy yes. Cohen over to ICM. Oh my gosh. And you're like, yes. oh, bring them all yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Let's
0: like, fucking make it they rain. <laughs> we're getting rich, baby. <laughs>
1: God, that was the fucking best. Yeah. God, that was the fucking best. Yeah. And everybody knew and it was a, it was a i mean it's probably still a small town but it felt felt even smaller <sighs> back then and you got and you got it but then there was the thing where you had to actually do the show at montreal yeah yeah and and it went fine but then when i came out to la like a week later to meet with the people who were interested in meeting with me then you tell the story of what you want your sitcom to be and they they make Offered. I remember being in Air one and Maureen getting a call, and and it was it was this company called Greenbl- Greenblatt Channelari, where uh, uh, yeah. um David Greenblatt was a he's like the head of of NBC or something. I don't know what he is now, but at one point he was. Anyhow, they were these really nice guys who had this production company, and and they made it so I could move out of my mother's house and and move to L.A. and it was it it, it I mean the deals were so insane i remember i got a deal for 125 thousand dollars
0: and i was done i was like i'm rich i'm rich yeah i'm
1: actually rich i yeah i'm gonna be good with this money yeah i'm just getting pizzas with it we had nothing and then all of a sudden we had what we felt at the time was everything put that i in- remember remember we bought cars oh. we le- we leased this was leased this cars, thing that cars, i had cars, no idea cars. what it what it was about but i had a jeep cherokee it was a hot car that was a hot car man i After always having used cars my entire life. Great
0: apartment on Wilshire. Yeah. You had your own, you had all you had all your knickknacks in there.
1: (laughs) I bought toys. (laughs) I literally bought toys. Oh
0: my gosh. Dude, the best is uh I they would say this, I don't think anyone remembers this. And this is what's I'm so far away from this life now. They would say you have a meeting at 4:30, and I'd be like, cool. And I would do nothing. Until 3 uh-huh. 30. And I would be like, I'd get there at 345 and then just sit there. I had not I had one thing all day. Yeah. That one meeting and maybe a spot that night, but my whole day was around that one fucking meeting. I remember I remember doing a meeting with Will Smith at 10 in the morning and he was sorry it was so early. And I was like, No, it's fine. He's like, What do you got next? And I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna take a nap. <laughs> play some video
1: games. I that's really interesting, man. I I, I remember having a lot of meetings that were close together and and driving around with maureen and in a rental car and the other thing was i was going into heavy debt on credit card to put myself up and and stay in la and get a car to move around so that when the deal came in i was like okay i can pay off this this credit card what was your
0: montreal experience like do you remember anyone on the showcase with you
1: yeah daniel tosh was was on it gabriel iglesias daniel tosh
0: yeah. I'm going to say this cause... and I remember
1: seeing Daniel Tosh and thinking why is anybody else bothering to do new faces he was so smart and also and and it's still the case like so good looking it was just, so good why looking why would he why would he need stand up being that good looking you, you you realize now that we're all so insecure and miserable but at the not, time but i was like not Daniel no <laughs> I, I i yeah not da- oh yeah maybe do you remember we do you remember we wait looked, a minute wait, hold there's on. absolutely no way <laughs> That he that he skipped the insecure thing. There's no fucking way. You do. really think he believes in himself?
0: He's secure like the dudes who stood at the Nuremberg trials and were like, I was just following orders. <laughs> wow. German. Wow. He's German. Yeah. He's- way to wait to work a nice <laughs> Holocaust. I just watched a documentary <laughs> on it. <laughs> so- <laughs> he was Eichmann, he was 56 oh when they grabbed gosh. him and all I Eichmann, thought was he looked so much older.
1: The, they referred to Hannah Arendt referred to the banality of the evil, which is one of my favorite expressions. The banality, it's just ordinary. And and Eichmann
0: changed everyone's perception of the Holocaust. Ugh. Eichmann, Eichmann's testimony and and the, more importantly the survivors of the Holocaust that were in Israel that uh had witnessed it because I'm not telling you anything that you don't yeah. know about being jewish but there were a lot of people that were like why didn't you guys fight back why didn't wh- how how did that happen how could that even happen
1: yeah
0: and, and did it happen like there were there were jews that were questioning oh, it in wow. israel yeah and right. when eichmann testified it put a face on it it's like when ray rice said his wife and you're like oh uh, how bad and right then you see right. the video yeah, yeah, and you're yeah, like yeah, oh yeah, fuck yeah. that's really yeah, bad george
1: floyd yeah. yeah but george floyd yeah i, I mean, mean it's, there, it's, there the, were uprisings but they were and <laughs> well the warsaw <laughs> ghetto uprising and um, so, didn't before. End up, well for the Rothschilds yeah.
0: either. So, uh, <laughs> but wait, so wait, hold on. Um, Daniel Tosh, to this day, I, I, he's an anomaly in our business, I believe. Okay. Because even then, he would come up to do a showcase. He was unshakable. He was undeniable. Right. He was fucking brilliant. Yes. And he kind of also knew it. Like, he was also like, yeah, I'm a little bit better than everyone. Wow. And there was a, like, there were people that would get under their skin and you could see them shake. Yeah. And if and I did, never did anything near what he did. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't as good remotely, but <laughs> I, I was, and I was also like, but so it didn't it didn't shake me the same way it shook other people, but I watched it. Yeah. And uh, do you remember the time? It didn't
1: shake me because I'd been around it in terms of athletes, right? Yeah. Where you're with somebody who's like a generational athlete, at least in your community, but then in college you knew guys who were going to be professionals and their confidence and just... You, you could see it in their walk and in their eyes and and even in sports. I didn't... At any level did I ever have it. I just... I had to be work harder yeah. than everybody else. Oh, I didn't. Even and these work guys just these guys just had it, and and it didn't matter what the sport was. I remember this guy, Mark Chamuro, played for the Green Bay Packers. He just was a, a a stud athletically, and then dabbled in basketball and would would uh, upfake one step dunk over people. And, yeah,
0: that I sports is a great qualifier for life because you. When yeah. you play sports, you realize just what the that that it is a playing field, and that certain people are given different advantages yeah. for whatever reasons, yeah. And that you can work harder yes. and maybe get to close to where they are, but there are some people that just seem to swim downstream. <laughs>
1: the The great thing about sports and music, if you're playing an instrument or something like that, is that you get to see at a young age. Oh, I do this a lot. I improve at it. And, and that's a great lesson to learn. However you learn that, it doesn't matter. But you need to, to learn that and, and then take it with you. Because, with I mean, look at all the people who we can talk about who stopped doing it or are no better now than they were literally 30 years ago.
0: Yeah. Do you remember one time me and you Googled separately but texted or, or emailed each other? daniel Tosh's road work (laughs) and i and and i it was when i was in detroit street and you were down on wilshire yeah and i ran into him that night at the improv and i said uh i mean it it was almost like he had something on his phone on his website to monitor who looked at it because i i said hey man you uh lot of college road work and he goes eight hundred seventy five thousand oh. dollars and i went honey goes that's how many i gotta you know i got a mortgage to pay though so it's just very casual wow. and i'm going eight hundred and seventy five thousand he's been a millionaire yeah. probably as long as i've been in this business wow. i don't know why he started a fucking podcast <laughs> He had the fucking chosen life. What the fuck? He's done. He doesn't need to work again. Right. He doesn't but need. But does he do stand up frequently? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I think he's at Comedy Magic every almost every night.
1: Oh, that's amazing. He's
0: still great. He's a great guy. He. I saw him at the store one night. I don't. I don't think he's doing specials. But who
1: needs? I mean, right. Why not? Yeah. What just, does he need to promote himself more? Yeah. He was just always had the smartest takes, and he and he did great act outs. He was a great performer. He was, I mean, he's huge. But I also feel he like could have been like Paul Rudd or something, right?
0: Whether your resolution is to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. Say hello to the most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef crafted recipes at a price you'll like. <laughs> Dare I say love, delivered right to your door. Each HelloFresh box is packed with farm fresh ingredients and everything arrives pre portioned right to your doorstep for less hassle and less wasted food. And that is the most important thing. I'm telling you right now, my family of four eats our dinner and we have no leftovers. We, we're not stacked up and feel guilty going, we got to get through this. It is perfectly portioned. Go to HelloFresh.com slash free and use code free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for for life at HelloFresh.com slash Free with code BirdCastFree. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. We are supported by CrowdHealth. Stop sending money to big insurance companies that profit off of not paying your bills. Did you know that 48 million claims on Obamacare last year were denied? That's a fifth of the claims that are going to get rejected. Do you want to take that chance? Health insurance sucks. It's confusing. It's expensive. It's frustrating but there's a better way. Welcome to the alternative. CrowdHealth was created to get rid of the headaches of insur- health insurance for $175 for an individual or 575 for a family of four or more. You get access to a community of people who are willing to help out in the event of an emergency. You'll also get telemedicine visits, discounted prescriptions and more. All of this without doctors networks getting in the way. Let CrowdHealth help you with your healthcare needs. You can get started today for just $99 per month for the first three months if you use code BERT to get the healthcare you deserve. Crowd Health is not insurance. Learn more at joincrowdhealth.com. That's joincrowdhealth.com. code BERT.
1: So, wait, Daniel Tosh is on your set. Yeah, Gabriel Iglesias, oh, oh. Dwayne Perkins, who had, I mean, the set, had the set of the sets of anyone besides Daniel Tosh. And then this guy Chuck Roy, who we're friends with, was I know on. Chuck it. Roy? Yeah. Vinny Favorito, who was like, <laughs> I think he was in his sixties at the time. And he was a and he was a new face. And I'm trying to think who Mike Estime, who already had like booked a, a cast member on a on a show that was short-lived. And those are the ones that I can remember, but I'm sure there were other people. Um oh a woman who was sort of the uh she reminded me of of regan not in a bad way like she's ripping him off but very funny and did great character voices and her name she was a client of maureen's you'll know her name i can't remember she's a a, a, a lesbian woman
0: um, oh uh uh Aaron foley Aaron
1: foley yes terrific wow. comedian
0: yeah let's do a game show together that's fucking great. We really connected. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, things
1: you find uh, <laughs> in the 90s. Becky Donahue. Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Becky Donahue had a great joke. She goes, I got a, I got a feather comforter, but I can get a duvet, so now I got feathers all over me. And so I know that when I walk out in the street and people see the feathers, they go, look at her. Chicken fucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great joke. Yeah. Becky Donahue was great. There are wow. so many talented people. Oh, my gosh. And so you, when anyway. you found out you got the deal how did you get the speech from barry listen there's two types of people people who go out to la for the meetings and people like dane who live it
1: big pick which one you want to be oh geez he didn't give me that he didn't give me that speech and it and it might because um you were younger than me oh oh yeah 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 and i
0: had but not by much A couple years, three or four years, but uh, and he knew you before, right? Yeah,
1: Yeah. but also I think it's it's like um, maybe your your lifestyle that you knew he knew you were susceptible to living large, maybe, and he knew that I was a a paranoid Jew, so that I wouldn't. (laughs)
0: How hard was it being you as a kid? Oh my gosh! Because you're not what you're not what the cover of the book says.
1: Oh wow, that's a great. That's a great thing. I've always tried to get that That's better than my other
0: question. You want to hear my other question? Yeah. Um, Are you bummed that you've never been fat? (laughs) Because no one ever says to you,
1: no one says to you, oh, you look great. (laughs) They just go, you haven't changed at all. (laughs) That's what your wife said. Um, That's such a great question because I've always said that my look was not efficient. That (laughs) television is so, television is, thank you. And look is not efficient. You're a three-pronged hook. Your look snags on everything.
0: And you're simply a one hook kind of guy. Yeah. You just want to cruise through life and get shit done, but you get snagged because I mean it you you're you're you are you are a hot chick who <laughs> who is very sensitive, doesn't like going to clubs, and doesn't want a boob job. You just like you want to be yourself and you get caught up by but like, if you were uh, the analogy is a hot chick, you get caught up by the shrapnel of being a good-looking guy. People wow. think you're overly confident. You're yeah. this fucking sw- cock swagger guy, <laughs> and it's just not you. Although you do have a hog on you.
1: Well, there's there's just no empathy for people who who I don't want to say look like I do, but for six foot six, yeah, athletic guys. So like, what do you got to be depressed about? So television is very efficient with the television. You want to see exactly what. You, getting from the person. Yeah. So so somebody looks a certain way and then my jokes don't match what I look like. I should be doing different jokes, I guess. And and so it took me longer than I don't know. I think you find your audience if you're good and you keep at it. Yeah. And 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 so I don't what, what am I How am I trying, like, what, like am kid, I trying to answer this question? What was it like as, as a, a kid? As a kid I never felt attractive. Nobody ever, people just didn't tell you you were cute or you were handsome or anything like that. I never had a girlfriend tell me I was a, attractive until I was out of college. It was, it was interesting. It was first comedians who would who would say you're really good looking, and it's like, yeah, compared to you. <laughs> Thanks, Patrice. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> but so growing up, I always thought I was unattractive, and I was I I hate to drop names, but it was so recent that Conan O'Brien was saying that he. He growing up felt like I don't have great looks, I'm skinny and, and tall, but I can really lean into this funny thing and work on that. And that will be part of my, he compared it to be like in, being in a video game and you have your tools. Yeah. And so that was what I saw as my, is my tool was that I was, I was funny. And then I also knew that I was, I was pretty athletic, so I could, I could go in that direction. But really my dream was always to be a comedian but it it for some reason it seemed more far fetched than being a professional athlete, which is insane. Wait, what is what is more far fetched? Being a professional athlete,
0: especially a basketball player. Wait, no, no, no. Hang on. What's more far fetched? How many professional football players are there? We find out how many professional football players there are.
1: There are sixty in a team, so 18- and there's six. There's thirty two teams. I found that out last night. Yeah, eighteen hundred and
0: do you think there's 1800 comics no, that, making that, over see, league minimum
1: is it 1800 1920
0: and then league minimums what see what find out what league like let's i mean i'm just curious but think
1: about how many people play football versus how many people play try comedy. stand
0: up <laughs> yeah almost your odds are better at comedy yeah
1: yeah totally yeah because not, not as many people go towards this i always i always think of the Delusion required to go into comedy is is mind numbing because you're so bad at the start and there's no t ball for comedy. In fact, it's the opposite. You have to go against the most difficult crowds who can be hostile. There is no T ball for comedy. Yeah, and you don't know what you're doing. Even every other every other sport.
0: Ugh. Every other sport you get
1: you start when you're a kid. Yeah. That would be.
0: I just heard Jimmy Carr say that he wishes. And you
1: just have to teach yourself how to do it for the most part. Can you imagine? Can only get get better at it by doing it, unless you're Albert Brooks.
0: Dude, his brother. (laughs) Right. His brother. It still works.
1: Oh my gosh! It still That's, fucking works. Doesn't that blow your mind? Because when, when you think about comedy, most of it over the years has become dated and and obsolete. Yeah. And then there are things like SCTV and Bob Einstein and certain Albert Brooks or Bob Newhart, and you're like, holy shit! I watched this SCTV sketch where Eugene Levy and Rick Marmarinus were playing brothers, the Bitman brothers. Yeah, and they started arguing in Yiddish on a on a on um uh the Sammy maudlin show, and and I mean so committed, and, and maybe that's part of it is that whenever anyone's committed to being whatever they are, it's oh. funny forever. Yeah, I don't know. It's
0: it's 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 funny. Like you, Tony Woods is a great example of someone committed. Yeah, because he would go up and not do anything on stage and just commit to it. Yep, and like organize his stuff and light a cigarette and yeah have a drink and then slowly start, but he owned it and you'd sit just in wrapped
1: fucking amazing. Yeah. So was it difficult to be me growing up? It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare (laughs) that I continually have because I was undiagnosed anxiety and depression and a child not knowing that everybody didn't feel this way all, all the time and was, and was so, um, just hopeless And thought that the only way I was ever gonna like myself was to be (laughs) approved by everybody, like to be a great athlete and get the adulation from that, or be really funny and get the adulation or get great grades. And it was just a a bucket with a hole that I didn't and finally when I got a diagnosis when I was 19 and a freshman in college playing at, at Boston College and the and the trainer sent me to this. This man, who I would spend the next ten years once a week talking to him, that was, that was one man. You don't even know at that time. You don't. You didn't even know that there was no understanding of who am I. And here's here's something that's very upsetting. I've heard people in their seventies, eighties, nineties. I just listened to Henry Winkler's books, and he's talking about being in his sixties and seventies. And not knowing who he was or what he was about or how he wanted to be. And it's like, man, it's a lifelong pursuit. (laughs)
0: Holy shit. My dad. Winkler. My dad's had anxiety his whole life. He didn't know it. He didn't know it. The first time he took his Xanax and it kicked in. There's a moment if you've ever taken Xanax that it it hits you. Yeah. And we were in the car driving from Miami to Tampa after one of my shows. It's got to be like midnight. My mom and him drove down, and they were, I was driving back to Tampa, and then I was going to fly to Tampa. And he was so anxious. I said, Dad, you should take a Xanax. And he yeah. goes, what, what the fuck is that? And I said, well, it's, <laughs> it's for anxiety. And he goes, I don't have fucking anxiety. He go, you should listen to yourself. You have yeah. anxiety. Yeah. And he goes, what will it do? And I said, it's going to relax you, and you'll enjoy the car ride. And he goes, fucking anything, anything. Wow. We pulled over to gas station. I gave him half a milligram of Xanax, and he took it. And all of a sudden, from the backseat, I heard, "Whoa." yeah. Like a light switch. Oh, whoa. And then he went, whoa. whoa. Is this what normal people feel like? And I went, yep. That's what the average person feels like, I think, all the time. What what did your anxiety look like? How did it not emancipate itself? How did it manifest? manifest? That's what I meant to say. I like that word. How did it manifest as a kid? Because mine, I didn't know I had anxiety too. I, I didn't know I had anxiety until much older as well. But I just thought it was, my mom said, it's my nooks and crannies. And, and so mine wow. would be watching Carson at midnight, laying in bed, and his head would get real small and it would feel like he was yelling at me. Oh, wow. And, and it, was, it, was, it was a straight panic attack. And, and my OCD was that uh, I felt that I was pushing the skin on the inside of my toenails over my toenail. And so I'd have to sit there just pulling them back and I could never get them back. Wow. I, it would, and it would make me crazy. And I thought it was my nooks and crannies. I, was, I thought I was crazy. I really yeah. just thought I was crazy. Sure. And and then I would have panic attacks where all of a sudden I'd realize one day it's going to go dark and I'm going to die. And and then, and, I, and it would, and it would, it would, and and big things, events, big events would cause panic attacks, like losing sure. my virginity, uh, like big things. So I just was like being in love. Uh, so I just was like minimize feelings, pull back, yeah. don't show too much yeah and but what were your panic what was your anxiety like as a kid
1: well there, there was a big stomach thing so there's a, there's this thing that we get or i get and i'm i'm not unique when where's my phone right you think you left it behind yeah. or did i just lock myself out of the house right so that's in your stomach but it would last all day at school or the night before school or if um if i had done something bad that i thought i would be punished for either by my family or or god i would i that was one of my obsessions was apologizing to god asking him i was convinced that every shot i made was because god fa- was favoring me and if i was missing i had done something to upset him i, I was I, I just i don't know if every Jewish kid takes every word he's told about God seriously and Catholics literally, do. but, but I, yeah, I've heard that from Catholics and, it's, it's and just actually the, a form of OCD and, and the, the black and white and the punishment and the good, bad, it's just, it's, it's a mindset that is, that is really hard to, to shake. And, yeah. and, and even though Jews don't believe in hell, I was convinced, well, a lot of people do. It could be. It could be a, a thing that we're either covering up or or not filled in on. Yeah. And I don't want to do anything that's going to get me to hell. And, uh, I mean, the neuroses and also, here's the other thing. Nobody to tell any of this about except the, these whisperings to God all day long. Thank you, God. I'm sorry, God. And I was convinced that you had to say any prayer out loud or he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't take it and also at the end you had to you had to say a a, a prayer in hebrew to like like the, like it was almost like siri for me it was <laughs> i'm gonna
0: make you sound less crazy i used to think i just think
1: <laughs> what is this a neuroses off
0: i used to think you had to be on your knees for god to hear you oh wow so i would have to get out of bed and get on i opened
1: music. with that i did when i was young <laughs> all my prayers were said on on my brother's bed on my knees i didn't his bread bed was lower than mine for yeah. some reason because it had sagged over the years and so i could i could put my hands in prayer on his bed and be on my knees
0: God, <laughs> <laughs> that's i mean it's it's insane the moment when you realize you're not the only one with it yeah. it's like the best fucking. yeah it's almost like when you find out that you're not the only guy jerking off
1: Oh, my gosh. What a feeling that was because that was a huge one. That was a big one. That was going to get me to hell. I remember seeing a poster when I was in eighth grade that Jim Morrison had been arrested for simulating masturbation. And I was like, they send you to jail for just simulating this thing (laughs) that I do once once a day? Way to God. I remember I... I talk about it in the in the book for 18 months I refrained in An eighth you went and ninth months. grade because my grandfather had died and I was convinced he was going to see it and it by the way we weren't even close I I don't even think he knew my name but he was the first person I knew who died and I was convinced that he was going to look down and be horrified and it'd be embarrassed and it would get oh. around and and also there's this thing in Judaism where after you Bar Mitzvah <laughs> The, your sins are no longer on your dad; they 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 accrue to you, and so you start absorbing your punishment for your sin. So that there was all that there was just it was just a nightmare. The other thing in my youth that 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 never occurred to me to share with anybody was that I could not conceive of a way I was going to die other than by my own hand. Really? Yeah, I just was waiting for what the the event that would that would set it off and i and i used to think because i i was a big fan of the movie one flew over the cuckoo's nest and these
0: i was just talking about that today right when i miss misspoke and said, and told peter that <laughs> i told peter i said you know gary's always been about mental health and like he's always tried a lot of things i said he had a lobotomy <laughs> <laughs> peter goes, are you fucking I go, yeah, he's done it all. He's done it all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's so good. He goes, that's like so good. frontal.
0: Oh my gosh. I go, I don't get up to ask him. He
1: goes, oh, he my... can talk.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. But a... They gave him electroshock.
1: Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So that's what
0: I meant. I yeah, go, yeah, yeah, like one blue of the cuckoo. Yeah, yeah, he goes, yeah. that's Electro Shock.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I had that. So I knew I knew that I would wind up in 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 care someday, and <laughs> I, and I don't think it was a self fulfilling prophecy. My family was riddled with it. My father was born in a mental institution because his his mom was was um, bipolar and had an episode when he was born. I mean, there's really? a there's a whole story to it. But anyhow, I knew, and there were family members who had been who had been um, in care for their lives. In a, in a it was very sad cousins and things like that. And so I was just, and, and I remember there was that one guy and he was su- such a beautiful actor. And I don't know if he was in anything else, but he was the, the man who had, who had, um, volunteered himself to go into that program because his wife had been cheating on him and and i was like oh that'll be me that'll be me i'll find out my wife has cheated and i'll go fucking mental <laughs> of course or or she'll die my wife will die and i'll go mental or I'll or i'll have a child who hates me and i'll go mental any of these things could bring me to to my knees and, and it's only recently that i realized that that um i'm i'm probably not going to die my by my own hand but i always i mean i i think a lot of people have a lot of different ideas of how they would kill themselves
0: oh i i i remember the first time i ever had the idea that you could kill yourself yeah i remember i was like i probably must have been like first grade and i thought oh if i bit i don't know you can't kill yourself this way but i saw a cord going to from the lamp to the wall i said if i bit into that
1: i'd be done oh i used to look at the third rail with such and there was there was this like magnetism to the third rail which i don't know if if that kills you but i knew i had heard that it could kill you but there's this other thing in in the subway where you could just throw yourself in front of the subway but then i always thought of patrice o'neill's joke remember that joke where the person would come on the subway and say uh ladies and gentlemen a horrible tragedy has occurred a man is a." a man has been uh, killed he threw himself in front of a in front of the subway and so we're going to be delayed for a half hour and then we were all we we're all horrified and we said a half hour <laughs>
0: <laughs> Patrice has such a great ability to, to stop to, talking to drag, your, to, to drag you yeah. to the joke yeah it's, oh,
1: it's, yeah it's, it's, yeah it's horrible man I tried yeah. I tried yeah. oh I tried he was but so I couldn't I just couldn't give a fuck
0: <laughs> I can't he's been dead now for probably
1: 12 years oh my gosh he died yeah before. he was 41 yeah he was 41 yeah yeah holy
0: shit I can't believe I'm still alive like I like,
1: I'm shocked. I'm still alive. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I'm thought always. Life, I thought life would have gotten me by now. Yeah, yeah, but I'm 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 glad I saw it through because I've never been happier in my life. Uh, what, what is uh, what does happiness feel like
0: to you? This podcast is brought to you by AG One. Listen, I first gave AG One a try because Joe was on Andrew Schultz's podcast and he said he was traveling and all he had had that morning was AG One. And I li- look, Joe is my touchstone for health. And so if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. So I started taking it on the road with us on our tour bus. Leanne drinks it every single morning. Leanne, the girls have it every single morning. It's the first drink they have. And I started taking it on the road with us, and I noticed a difference. In my stomach, I noticed a difference. And in my energy, all, all, I really felt amazing to start my day with AG1. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit. It's also powerfully simple. It's literally one scoop mix in water once a day, every day, and you're done. And I know with AG1, I'm giving my body high quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you can know it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrient density. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here's your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself try ag1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin d3 k2 and five free ag1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag onecom slash that's drinkag ag burt check it out this show is sponsored by better help whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays you get to define how you give yourself a gift so whether it's by starting therapy or going easy on yourself during these tough moments or treating yourself to a complete and total day of rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. Trust me when I say families can be complicated, whether you're with your family or not. They can be be complicated. And my whole family's here, and it has been a tad bit complicated. I have expectations of what I think they're going to want from me, of what I want my lifestyle to be like, and, and trying to manage both. And I just wrote down a short list, and I talked to my therapist about them. And my therapist gave me just a couple tools to get myself through the holidays. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's it's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelpcom slash today to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel pcom slash What does happiness feel like to you?
1: Oh, um, I unhappiness felt full of regret and guilt, and I mean these are all symptoms of depression. Yeah, but that was a lot of it—guilt or regret. Had I done this? Had I? Had I not? Um, made this decision had I been more careful with with this decision had I not dated this person at this time had I there were others where were like oh if I had just seen that through and if I had not
0: uh, t- I, I don't know if I've ever I, I feel like I've probably I felt anxiety and obsessive compulsiveness but like depression
1: I don't know if I've ever felt depression but uh, but I'm sure they're all have have really simple things ever felt really hard and and ugh, how am I gonna brush my teeth? I just don't brush them.
0: (laughs) I just that's how I skip that one.
1: That's so good. (laughs) I I water
0: pick a lot. (laughs)
1: Well water pick is probably more effective, especially especially with the gum use. Oh yeah. Oh water pick yeah. is
0: I, yeah. I, I I exclusively water pick these days. I
1: think the dentists are hiding. Oh, the I thought you were gonna say they're e- fucking quacks
0: because I think they're fucking quacks.
1: Efficacy of the water pick. Oh although my dentist doesn't, she's great, Dr. Angela Abernathy. But they're hiding the great efficacy game. of the of the water pick because they're running up bills. I, I in my new special I talk about how um Dentistry is organized crime. Full this, disclosure. This, I do a bit on this.
0: And this special will be seen on HBO Max or yeah. Max, Max. Max. I think it's just Max, called Max, Max now. Yeah. By the way, Max is killing it. They're putting out great specials. Oh, that's good to They're hear. They're putting out great specials. That's good to hear. The, the, uh, the one I saw, they just had Sarah Silverman's. Oh, yeah. They had Nikki Glaser's was fucking amazing.
1: Oh, Nikki's not, she's
0: awesome. Man. She's got great teeth.
1: <laughs> she does she have beautiful teeth. She great teeth. teeth. Yeah.
0: She has yeah. great teeth,
1: and she's so funny. She also does a lot of great voices.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. she's fucking she's awesome. A, yeah. The uh, I I really have a problem with dentists. Like I like, like I have a real problem with dentists. No, and I get You know it. why? You know why? They're dentists are too adjacent to doctors, where they feel like. They feel like they should be making that money. Oh yeah, I should have a boat. I'm a dentist. I'm, yeah. I'm a doctor, also. I should. I'm as important. So then they'll just fucking jet. You know what you need? We got to take those teeth out. I'm gonna have to put in implants. Oh my god. We're gonna take. I had a. De- yeah. I had a dentist.
1: I, when it's I first- not a coincidence that they're the only doctors, and I'm putting that in quotes, um, who don't take insurance. Dude,
0: I, I went, when I first started working with Pete. I, when I had to go to the dentist. I had a problem with this back molar and the dentist doctor dentist told me i'm gonna have to not a problem we're gonna break your jaw (gasps) we're gonna then pull out those molars we're gonna put in implants we're then gonna we're gonna have to replace all your teeth because right now you have an angled jaw so uh we're just gonna replace all your teeth it's gonna be about a two-year process but we're not gonna have to start for three months but we want to get the ball rolling now and I,
1: i went i went hold on i actually said. I hope I die first. Do you think as he was saying this, he didn't see a human being across from no. him? He saw a, a um, Lamborghini.
0: I think he saw a Rolex. Yes. And thought, and and he's like, and he's like, your teeth will look great. Your Ugh. teeth are going to look great. And I go, am I going to look like myself? And he goes, no. I'm going to have to break your jaw. You're going to look, yeah, you're going to look different. And I go, hold on. Do you see how ineffective that is for my career? If I no longer look like me, then it's going to be hard to tell time I'm telling selling sell tickets as me. And he goes, oh, I don't think I don't follow.
1: What is wrong with your jaw?
0: I have an angled jaw. So does Georgia. But what it means is... How old is Georgia now? 19. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. 19 years ago, we did the Richmond Funny Bone. 19 years ago, we were at the Richmond Funny Bone. I just told Peter this. And I I said to Peter, if it wasn't for Gary, I... Wouldn't have gotten through that year because you gave me three gigs on the, when Alonzo couldn't do them. And you gave me a third of the door, which I did not deserve. You said, just make it fair. That's what Alonzo was getting. And that money got me and Leanne through our first year of having Georgia because everything else was 700 bucks a weekend. And uh, I did three dates with you. I forget what they were now but I know Richmond was the first one because we bought baseball gloves at Dick's, Go- Dick's. Yeah, man, we had a great time. God, we had a fucking great time. Remember, we picked you up from the airport. We all took, we, we took you home from the airport yeah. that first gig, and I was flying high. I'd never made that much money on the road in my entire life. Oh, that's we did awesome. Albuquerque, New Mexico.
1: Yes, we that did. was a
0: tough room. Someone got stabbed in the at the hotel that we were staying at.
1: And also there were gunshots, and I remember I made a funny joke about it. I said, uh, I think there was a murder last night or a uh, hundred meter race, <laughs> <laughs> and you
0: dropped a hundred dollars.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Into the oh.
0: Jewish defamation leagues thing. It was the Holocaust museum. It was, went, Holocaust was museum. a, it was a Holocaust was a museum in an
1: in an Albuquerque, and I thought it was a ten, and I was putting a hundred dollars in, <laughs> and then you said, "Well, just ask them to take it out," and I said, "Do you realize <laughs> that if I?" take that out of there i become an exhibit in the holocaust museum how how greedy did hitler think the jews were he thought they would take 100 out of a out of a box to support their holocaust oh. museum oh fuck man wait how did we get onto that cuz i asked 19. you how no, old my the jaw Georgia my was. jaw, jaw so my, yeah. my
0: jaw is angled so when i bite my front teeth don't touch but my back teeth touch so it's angled so what i had was a doctor kind of uh jerry rig it for lack of better words since we're talking about the nazis jerry rig it (laughs) so that my teeth all touch so he just very artistically went through it took it was painstaking okay but he went through and measured my bite so that every tooth was somewhat angled and got larger to the front so these teeth are bigger than the back teeth oh wow and And it's, but ultimately said one day it may be problematic. And then I said this to me when I was like 18. Okay. And now, and then at 50, it became problematic. And I, and it didn't help that I had like a, some sort of cavity, but thank God forbid I I leave that dentist. And then I go to a, like a, Leanne will tell me what he's from, like a Peruvian dentist, like nice witch doctor. (laughs) And this guy's like, (laughs) this guy's like, Hey, don't worry. I'm bad at accents. He's like, don't worry. We're going to play a game called Hot Window. When you feel the window get hot, you tell me. And then he goes in with a drill and he goes, hey, how's the window doing, huh? I go, it's not hot, it's not hot. And he goes, I think we're good. And then he just fixed the fucking tooth. Wow. And I was like, this was fucking, this was some Tijuana shit
1: that's really cool yeah
0: but he I, I only believe in uh in ethnic dentists like latino dentists
1: oh that's interesting
0: because I, I think I, they're just they're grounded they're like yeah i don't need the boat i'm just here to do right, the lord's right.
1: work yeah i mean i mean I, I i always think of dentists i mean i i had my mom we were poor people so my mom had bad teeth as a lot of people from her generation did we couldn't afford to go to a dentist we would go to a local college that had a school of dentistry and so these hungover 23 year old kids would would take their finals in my mother's mouth and it was and it was painful and they would do a bad job and, oh, and that breaks my heart and it would there would be weeks in between because the other thing was it was expensive to go into boston so we would have to <laughs> We couldn't do it all the time and it just it was a oh it was a nightmare the poor thing so that i developed a a healthy disregard for the for the uh ethics and morality of dentists because she didn't have to do that with doctors because we had health insurance but we didn't have dental insurance and and they wouldn't accept um medicaid or anything like that for poor people and and so she suffered and and it's just like our teeth are very important and yet the dentists are like, we're not going to be like other doctors and accept insurance, and it and it's it's very it's very organized crime ish. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm I, yeah I, I and what's funny is like I I I would not have teeth if it weren't for like a couple of great dentists. There's some great dentists, Doctor Demars, Doctor Boza, like they were great dentists. Yeah, but still at this point I just like, it's crazy. I I I I'll get I'll get like off on the rails about dentistry because so I've had so I have 26 fake teeth. So wow. I, have, I have so much fucking, and, and I'm just like, let's just see if these teeth make it to the end. I just want to fucking in, ride out with these teeth. The uh, How much empathy did you get because of your mother? You're one of the most empathetic people, meaning at times when I said shitty things about people, huh. you always course corrected me.
1: Oh, I think my father was very compassionate. He was very kind, but also there's something about one being poor makes you empathetic. Yeah. You know how much a lot of people are struggling. So poor people generally, well, people who work in the service industry tip better, because they know how hard the job is and they're yeah. much kinder to the people. And that, and that's, I mean, that's the highest compliment. I remember my father just saying how important it was to be compassionate and you're really, so compassionate. really stressing that. But and you're I, so, but also as a depressed person, I I've felt so. Yeah. Do you think
0: that you just saw people i remember one time i remember one time i i, I did two things that i remember you calling me on but not like as a dick but just as a friend <laughs> i hope so there was a there was a, a maybe barney's beanery over on beverly and there was a parking garage there was a parking lot the guy that ran the lot and i pulled in the lot and he made me move my car and i kind of like was a dick to him and we got in the car we, were, we went to move my car and you were like you didn't have to be like, he doesn't want to ask you to move your car. And I said, what? And he go, he go, you don't think this isn't his dream job. Like, he's not waking up going, man, I can't wait to light people up. And I was like, what are you talking about? And you're like, you could be nicer to him because oh, he's just doing his job. And I went, oh, that's interesting. I, I'm being serious when I say this. I, okay. I think the the Karen in me was uh-huh. like that person. Oh. And at that moment, I I was like, oh, yeah, you have to realize that like there, those, there are people that, that are just doing a job and you can also be a part of society and not and just help them do their job and not be a dick. It was really, it used to, I've three times of note, three times of note that I remember you being very empathetic. I remember there was a very overweight person next to us in New Mexico eating and I made a comment and you said my mother was overweight. Oh, yeah. yeah and I yeah, said, yeah, huh? Yeah. And you're like, you know, it's just a person trying to get through. I mean, you're like, and this is like, we were young kids we were 26 <laughs> years old we weren't like i mean we were just and i and i was being shitty and you were like and you were like you know it's there's it's just a person you know and i was like oh yeah and then the other one was and i still think this was funny as fuck i was Man, I getting i sound a,
1: like a scold i'm no, sorry no, but, no
0: no 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 right. no this is why you have friends <laughs> this is why you because if you if without friends to call you on your shit you become this unwildly unruly fucking cunt <laughs> where, where, ev- where yeah. everything is right. I'm, yeah. I'm, there's, go online there's a ton of these kids doing it where they're just like cutting up You're, you become I don't, I'm not going to say names but you know there's celebrity kids that you know yeah. that are doing this that they right. just think they are the cock of the roost and then <laughs> the other one this I still thought this was I was getting a ticket and we were and we were walking to my car and the lady was writing the ticket and I hit the alarm on my car and it scared the shit out of her <laughs> And I couldn't stop laughing. We got in the car, and you're like, you know, she was just doing her job, and I was like, Jesus. I know. I was like, whatever. But, uh, but, like, I, but I, but I swear <laughs> man, to God, no, no, out of all of that, I remember it, it's it's like a lasting impression with me of how empathetic you were, and 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 just how you saw people as people. You didn't see yourself better than anyone, oh, and it man. was it was really like I mean, it's like one of the things I love about you. But wow. I f- and I feel like my daughters have it. I don't know if they got it from Leanne because uh-huh. I don't think it naturally comes out of me. But, like, you definitely had that. I remember just thinking, like, the whole time going, like, his mom must have been, like, really
1: fucking just a great person. My mother was a very entertaining, funny person. Yeah. And incredibly critical and mean. <laughs> it's so funny that you think that she was... She could be... Really, I mean, people have hurt my feelings over the years. Nobody has come close to saying things like my mother has said. She could be mean as a snake. The only thing I will give her is that she's much nicer than her mother was. My my grandmother, when my mother was shopping for her wedding dress, said to the woman who worked at the wedding dress store, now try to think about the worst thing you could say. Uh, Okay. And I don't think you're going to match it. All right. The woman, the, my, my grandmother, Nana Lil, said to the woman, give us the biggest dress you have. <laughs> okay? My mother was, she wasn't like, what's eating Gilbert grape? She was a, she was what would be considered now like Rubenesque or something like that. And And so, I mean... <laughs> Oh, so anything, my mother was nicer than my <laughs> grandmother, but she could be so, she could be so mean, and I just, I don't know. I was very sensitive. I knew what it felt like when I was insulted or hurt, and yeah. and I just feel things. I was I'm listen, been listening to this biography of Tom Petty, who's from Florida, and he was talking about how sensitive to the interviewer, how sensitive he was about being being heartbroken or the pain involved and and it makes us great artists, but it's a fucker to get through yeah. life. Cause I I mean there are I was a big crier growing up. Like really? anything could make me cry, being insulted, but also seeing lonely people, sad people. Wow. It would just, or or like I saw moments from the elephant man and cried so badly so that there were there were people who used to mock his speech and and they were dead to me i would be like oh when he goes
0: i am not an yeah
1: because that speech always made me cry like if i if i need to get to a place for a a, some sort of acting mostly acting class but (laughs) right you never have to cry in anything i'm hired for yeah but in acting class i would do roles and i would and i would think of that moment because I can't even think about it. I don't know if you can tell the I'm seeing the change you getting worse. Yeah. Like he was a he was a kind, sensitive man who, through no fault of his own, became a sideshow act. Yeah. Oh. And couldn't lay down in bed. Oh. Never got my a gosh. good night's sleep. Or kids used to like I was the kid who couldn't watch a lot of these sad things. My mother would say, You're too sensitive for this. I can't take you to see the Rocky Dennis story.
0: Oh my God right that
1: movie fucked me oh up. my gosh and a lot of people said it was a share ver- vehicle <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was a chris Christopherson vehicle. <laughs> but but also the like i can't this is this is something that i've i've worked out on stage but it comes from truth i have a hard time watching back to the future now because <laughs> i think of eric stoltz Getting the role of Marty McFly, and then being fired from this movie that became <laughs> <laughs> the, big- the biggest movie right. of all time, <laughs> and and you can't you can't escape it. There's no way he Eric Stoltz is indifferent to Back to the Future. No way he's like, watched and we Back all to the Future Three. Yeah, like like we talk about regrets. Yeah. Okay. Or missed opportunities. Yeah. How many of your missed opportunities became rides at Universal Studios? <laughs> I I always think like when it's playing three like back to back to back on a on a three day weekend, I'm like, who's watching after Eric Stoltz <laughs> to make sure that he doesn't that he doesn't intersect with it because it's because they'd be like, all right, we're out of town, but it's on it's on in a sub shop. Because they have TNT. It's such a good movie. Oh, and it's such a good movie. Even Back to the Future 2 is like a fucking banger. Oh, I don't argue Back to the Future 2 is better than Back to the Future 1. Back to the Future 2 is almost like a religious type thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, how about Chris? You know, uh, um, who's the... Uh, we just talked about him. Chris... Uh, Lloyd? No, who's the guy who played... No, No, who, who played... The dad, uh, Marty McCoy's oh, dad, uh, Crispin Glover.
1: He is so good. And oh my gosh, he sued. He was great in what's he eating Gilbert Grape. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, he
0: sued Back to the Future for that. No. Oh, this is a great story. Ooh. It's the reason Crispin Glover didn't work for a long time. Oh. He was in Back to the Future. And he went
1: nuts on a Letterman.
0: I almost kicked him in the head. And I saw yeah. that live. I saw that live. I watched I was
1: watching it live. I don't know if I watched it live, but I saw it uh contemporaneously when it came, right? Is that what contemporaneously means? I, when th- it came I, I out? I thought that's I when know. you
0: think of it in the moment.
1: Yeah. Is that what contemporaneous I don't means?
0: Know. Ex- 87? Oh yeah, I definitely watched it. Yeah, I was in high school. Yeah, I and watched it. Yeah. 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 I watched that live. But there's I, no way they didn't repeat that, right? Oh uh, I bet they had to. I probably yeah. maybe I didn't so I watch didn't, it. I didn't see, but I remember watching uh, yeah. it in my I was in my I, I was in my room and I and I was or I might have been in my sister's room. I remember feeling kind
1: of like, sorry for him. I was like, "Oh geez. I'm a tough guy I can kick." Yeah. But he, here's what
0: happened to him. He was in Back to the Future 1. He wanted they wanted him to do Back to the Future 2 and he said absolutely not. I wanted I want a ridiculous amount of money. I wasn't want as much money as as the lead character as Michael J. Fox and yeah. they said, "No fucking way." Pulled him out of it and then they used his likeness from all and his voice from all the Back to the Future ones oh wow it was and like early AI early AI and he sued them and won find out how much he won from that Why this is gonna t- I'm dying to see what you typed in it
1: I don't listen that often but this feels like a great episode I think we're doing a great uh, episode it's a great
0: episode yeah. it's a great episode especially if you grew up with us
1: yeah <laughs> I always think about that. Like with my book, I always feel like, well, if you grew up in my neighborhood, yeah. you're going to love this book.
0: I go, I, I did a, I did a, pod, a podcast today and he goes, this is one of the best episodes I've ever done. And I was like, for real? I was like, I just cried. <laughs> uh, from a legal perspective, unintentionally
1: visionary. Yep. Wow. It was the first, it was the first big That's lawsuit. actually a great headline. Usually they have some sort of silly pun in there, but that's a really good, but, that's a good headline.
0: He asked for a million. Play the Crispin Glover head kick. He had to be on drugs. Uh, he was so good in Charlie's Angels. He was so good in Charlie's Angels. Crispin Glover I never saw that. he plays the villain, and oh, he gets a wow. lock of her hair. And the way he's just such about a about great about fucking good. actor. Yeah, very eccentric. Glover. I just, was told a story about him. Look at that. Beautiful, beautiful,
1: beautiful. Hi, hey. how are you? Good. Nice good. to see you. And look at that outfit still works doing? today. Good, I mean, I'm 130 pounds. Really Dave used uh, you pounds. Really you to really take the piss out of, of his guests. I'm having a very good, good yeah. summer. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you live now? You live in Los Angeles? Yes, that's I right, in tough. Los Angeles. You know, I take before, I the These oh. aren't mine. I, I can you I almost can, I kicked I can't. Jesus Okay, I'm going to go check on the top ten. I'll be back. That, like in the, I would like to see also what happened in the dressing room afterwards. And man, he's a small guy. How big is Crispin Glover? I have no idea. Dave is not tall, is he?
0: Yeah, Dave's tall. Dave's like Dave's not your size. No one's tall to you, right? Do you ever stand next to a pro basketball player and feel what it feels like to be us talking to you? Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah, it's really it really is puts you in perspective. Yeah, and Crispin, yet and yet I Crispin Glover's not fucking 6'1". Unless he had a gross bur- <laughs>
1: that's interesting.
0: He is such a good actor. Five four, Christopher Lloyd, six
1: one. Tom what, Wilson.
0: Did
1: you ever work with Tom Wilson? Yeah, such a nice guy. Such a sweet very generous guy. with his Back to the Future stories. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know who else is like that? Mark Hamill. Oh, really? He's really generous
0: with that's so great. And you're like,
1: thank man, you, man, because some people could see it as a curse. Like, oh, why do I have to keep bringing up this?
0: Yeah they're like I I, I was like have you ever worked
1: with Sir Alec Guinness yeah I mean you bring up you bring bring up Kenobi and and he goes stone faced and and all he wants to talk about is bridge on the river Kwai (laughs) Uh, uh, who said the other day
0: who said Obi-Wan Kenobi and someone said how many Kenobis did he get (laughs) (laughs) was it Isla isla said we're going to see you too and at the sphere next in two weeks and isla goes leanne goes guys super excited these are really hard to get tickets at the sphere at the sphere in vegas oh, that's amazing she goes we're going to see you too at the sphere wow. and isla goes oh the movement we went no that's me too isla i think is, we're gonna go watch an hour presentation in the sphere about harvey weinstein hilarious
1: it's like Abbott and costello-esque
0: <laughs> that kid that kid says the funniest fucking things. The
1: movement. Couldn't write something
0: that good. She, but the look on her face was so genuine. God love her. Um. If I could have had one twin of her, I'd have another fucking uh, six specials. <laughs> I milked that kid. She's going to, you know, one day she's going to look at my body of work and go, it's just me, me and Georgia. You just shit on Georgia and me and mom. That's it. I go, yeah. Yeah, that's what you do. Hey, can I ask you a crazy question? I, I this is like so in the weeds, but how did you write the fucking uh, abbreviation joke?
1: When I first started doing comedy, and this is this is the truth, I I just had the premise, which was most of the states start with the same first two letters. Must have been really difficult to abbreviate them down to two letters, which is something that I noticed in second grade when when you're poor you don't have many books in the house but every book you do have you've read a hundred times right so we had this book called the arrow book of states that i had gotten at the scholastic book fair and it made a big deal out of telling us what the abbreviations were for the states it must have just happened in 1973 when the book was was first Copy written. Find out. Find out what the stock was
0: is in Scholastic. I'm buying. I'm putting my money in Scholastic. <laughs> Books are going to make a comeback.
1: Yeah, and so it had all the. Listen, I memorized it because, like I said, I only had one book, so I memorized everything. I knew all the state birds and all these. It's stupid
0: crazy what you'd learn when you only had encyclopedias, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> right? Like you, you just right. were like, oh, I know yeah. everything about Mount yeah. Rushmore. Yeah, Mount St. Helens. I like whales. Now I know everything about whales. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so and it man, it was so great to go to the library. Like people who have a lot of books in their house doesn't mean they read them. So anyhow, I I had this idea when I first started doing comedy. I did it at a show in front of a particularly good audience. And they were they were on it. They laughed. Yeah. But then it ran out of steam and I and I tried it. And then you when you're first starting out, you're not getting all good audiences. So you yeah. try it in front of a shitty audience. They stare at you and you're like and and unless you really believe in your unless you're Daniel Tosh you don't stick you don't stick with it so then every couple of years i used to call it the the constitution because there was this ship in the in the boston harbor that they would take out once a year to get the barnacles off and yeah. then and then they would bring it back into the harbor and i was like once a year i'm going to try out this joke and it would get a eh, medium response and i'd be like yeah, it's not worth it because it's a commitment, man, because it's long. It's, yeah. How long is a bit? I mean, the version I did on Conan was seven minutes, but I, I could do 10, 15-minute versions of it. So then one night, starting to get people who were good audiences in certain cities in the in the country that were just there to see a show, right? You you remember the comedy clubs that were good when we were nobodies Yeah. were good for good comedians. Yeah. So this one was probably Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase in Michigan, and and which is always has a good audience. And so I did it, and the the part that usually used to trip me up was that I didn't have a reason um, why I was telling this story of the people getting together to do the thing, and so I said, and I just on this joke because I loved the documentary about Helvetica. What's what's? It's about the font, about the, oh my Helvetica. God. You, you watch watched the documentary on Helvetica? Yeah. If we Google that, I want to fucking watch that. And it's riveting. And so I do this show joke where I say,
0: um, "My dick has never been harder." <laughs> you know, that's all I want is a documentary on something to lose me. Yeah. To lose me. Yeah. And I don't need to be emotionally invested. I just want. I, I'm really into documentaries on Florida. I watched everything about Florida. Yeah. You
1: can watch. I watched a documentary. Did on, Flagler come up at all? <laughs> You know, My word. How is that guy not more famous than everybody? He's him and HB plant. How is Disney bigger than Flagler? That's
0: insane. He the, How about the lady who sold him on Miami? There was a lady who had a hotel down there. It was like, yo, you can really? check out. Yeah. The only oh. reason Flagler ever got to Miami. Only reason oh, is because of a frost in St. Augustine that exploded all the orange trees. <sighs> and he was like, fuck, this is too far north. Wow, I'm going more for sur- south. This girl's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How about Miami? Wow. It's a, it's a Native American word that means like sunny and fun or something. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but and and she's like, we'll change it to flag. He goes, I like the name Miami. Keep it Miami. I'll come down here. And then he came down to Miami. He built the railroad all the way to Miami, and then all yeah. the way to the
1: Keys. Keep going, Helvetica. Keep okay, going. Okay, so so I said, and then have you seen this other documentary about the men and women who abbreviated all fifty states down to two letters? And so now they're listening because they yeah. think it's a real. Thing. And I just and and then once it works, my whole thing was, and this isn't this isn't an LA thing. Remember how hard it was to get on stage? Yeah. Okay. You couldn't try out new stuff, or at least I didn't feel comfortable I trying out new won't. stuff. So that I would just add things to stuff that already worked. And that yes. became like my style, was that I would do long jokes about one thing. And then I just kept adding it. And then I had this idea that the people have to forget that they're abbreviating the states so that when i say alaska al that they could have forgotten that they had already made alabama al so i had this joke about i went to jamaica with a girlfriend and she would go to the omelet station every day and i was like i can't go to the omelet station she said say why i said that omelet chef resents us <laughs> and and so I had written a joke about that and it never worked. And I was like, it doesn't have to work. I just have to make the people forget that we already listed Alabama AL. And so I just went into this thing and I, wow. man, I fucking love jokes like that because they, that they joke. don't matter.
0: I love that joke so much.
1: And then, and then, so the omelet chef and the omelet chef resents you and then they're arguing with the guy. And then they were like, "Hey, we're in a joke here." <laughs> they don't oh, say that, but yeah, I like that kind of joke. And so then we go back, and they're like, "All right, let's get back to abbreviating the states." And then, and then I also, when I was in college, I had these friends who I really—I mean, they were friends, but also I kind of, I kind of looked up to them. Yeah, is that? It's all my friends, right? It's all my friends. Yeah. I only make friends with people I look up yeah. to.
0: <laughs> I don't make people. I don't have a friend. I they look were
1: down at. They were football stars. And they were really cool and funny and like they were into Letterman and they were smart. Like one of them was an honor student, but he was also six foot six, 300 pounds and was could could play awesome basketball and football and was on the baseball team at Boston College. That's no fucking joke. His name is Kevin McLaughlin. Now he's the president of a law firm. Like he's just he's just a genius. He seems like a
0: guy I'd love to drink with.
1: And oh man, he's the only person I've ever met, I think, who could keep up with you. I went to a Cardinals game with him and and I was like that's more beers than I've had since college. <laughs> I don't drink, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's
0: like Gary he is larp.
1: <laughs> Anyhow, um he and his and his roommates and this was a year before I even got there. They had started to try to adjust the pressure on the on the showers in the in the dorm showers right which were they weren't group showers but they were they were what do you call commercial yeah right so they they would go in there with with tools and wrenches and stuff and adjust it and one time they flooded the they flooded the bathroom and they started calling themselves chief and sons plumbing and they gave everybody in their group a plumber's name Gus and Hank and all that stuff and Jimmy and then there was Chief who was the leader and then they had a secretary and it was just this girl who lived on another floor and they called her Dottie and I was like Dottie is the perfect name for a secretary and then I just exaggerated the 1970s television secretary it was like the the woman from the Bob Newhart show who yeah. always had great quips and so I just Created a little character for her, and and it's like, God. man, it's it's children of all ages love that joke. Everyone, it's, it's
0: I played I, it for Peter in the car today.
1: I was I, in I, ha- I live ahead. in Harlem, and a twenty something young black man yelled out to me, "Ne'er do well," <laughs> like it's it's the Rick and Morty of bits,
0: dude. It's <laughs> such a great bit.
1: Thank you, man. I remember
0: where I was when I first saw it. <laughs> I remember, I remember going it's like, like the Kennedy assassination. I, dude, I, well, great bits, great
1: bits. Wow,
0: great bits where you go. I
1: remember the first bit I ever saw you do was at the upstairs, the Boston Comedy Club, and it was about um, the uh, you came up with a, a version of the real world that was uh, the, like the real, real world, and it was so funny, man. Six black and, dudes and one white chick, and, and I, yeah, and I, and I remember. I had this policy. I didn't I didn't write it down or anything. I was like, you can either be resentful of comedians oh. who are funnier than you or you can encourage them and and be friends with them, which is a much healthier way because man, nothing can ruin your enjoyment of an art form than than being competitive and jealous about it, right?
0: Yeah. And and it makes Instagram really not fun.
1: Oh. There's so
0: many funny people on Instagram. I sometimes think I don't know if I'm doing the same. There are thing people there.
1: funnier than me in the comments.
0: <laughs> Dude, I've I've read comments. I've read comments where I went this this I want to text him and go you should do stand up. Yes. You should do stand up. Yes. You're fucking so good. Yes.
1: But they but they don't need it like we do. God. That's the difference.
0: Do you find that uh do you find you have happier days than others or is that, is it pretty leveled out these
1: days? It's pretty leveled out but i've i've never i've never felt so much uh the gratitude for for where i am because i, I just uh, and my wife and i share this so many so many times we were like oh my gosh we were we were in such dire she was, straits she's a ride or die she
0: really, she's a ride yeah, or die oh my gosh how fucking yeah. lucky were you to find that person
1: i mean if you wanted to give somebody a test to see whether they would be loyal and stick by you <laughs> There is no better test than a two and a half year like I was I was Silas Marner, man. I was like catatonic on the on the couch. That documentary you
0: you did. It was it was your special. Yeah, 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 was yeah, yeah. So the fucking... Great Depression.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She was something else, man. I mean, she you you just watching you And the the thing that I don't know if it was clear in the in the special was that we'd only been together for six months (laughs) when I got sick are you serious yeah so and and I used to say I said why are you still here what was it about that six months she said it was a good six months (laughs) like I was it was I mean maybe if she had like a a longer like she was only 28 I think when we first started dating so maybe if she was in her 30s or something had something to compare it to but I don't know did what did um but but she just she was she loved me and which was hard to believe and also she's not a person who abandons people because they get sick and she just did so much research and grew mushrooms in our house really? our, our apartment she grew mushrooms cuz she had read about this study and she tried to get me in the study but they didn't they didn't take me in the study and she's like oh, I'll grow mushrooms and she really? fucking grew and i've heard they're incredible oh you never took them no yeah I'm, I was afraid I was like it's as bad as it is now what if it got worse that was always my fear yeah With anything was like I know where we're at today yeah yeah, yeah. The I just w remember no
0: versus the W yeah don't.
1: I just remember Howard Stern telling a story of taking acid and and nearly losing his mind and then I always think of Pink Floyd Sid his name Sid Barrett Sid, Sid Barrett yeah. yeah who who but he did so much LSD I'm sure I would have been fine but it would have it would have been tough. What was the do, do you can you quantify
0: the thing that kind of got you to where you are today? I think and and, and, and is it I think weird? it was a
1: combination of two things. One was the one was the ECT provided a, a component of neurogenesis. What's where it, ECT? Wh- uh, electroconvulsive therapy. Okay, where where it sort of reboots your your brain and and gets it out of the rut of thinking that it's in by by, I mean it, it's it's more complicated than I'm going to say, but uh, sort of rerouting some of your synapses and connections yeah. in your brain. And then a combination of of um, medicines. One is Cymbalta, and then the other one is called Remeron. And those two, three months after the ECT, I started taking those. And since then, was, since those kicked in, and you know, like your dad with the Xanax, when it yeah. kicks in, you're like oh my gosh I remember saying it to Sade my wife I said if I feel like this tomorrow morning I think I have a life wow and 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 that was in October of 2017 and so now it's been six years that, I, <laughs> that I've had a life right and and I've never had this stretch of like when we lived in LA together, I don't know if you noticed this, but we'd hang around for six months or so and then you wouldn't hear from me for six months because <laughs> yeah. I was falling apart. Um, <laughs> so I've had six years of not falling apart. I had I had one of my well, both my dogs died and in each case it threw me for days, but that's just normal grieving. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It wasn't it it, it wasn't a, a, a symptom of depression. It's just a symptom of being alive. So I mean that's so six years. It, it's just I wow. Uh, I'm so incredibly grateful. That's fuck. That makes me so happy to hear. Oh, thanks. It man. makes me happy to hear for other
0: people to oh, hear. Oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah. And I feel like a lot of people who have a light depression. It's called um, dysthymia are like well it could be worse i'm not going to pursue taking a different medication i'm not going to do the therapy i'm not going to exercise and it's like this other level of living which is beyond the depressive symptoms is everything is so easy it's it's not it's i'm not playing this i'm not playing life with the same tools as i was for the first 46 years of my life. I I have these tools and and you'll see it in my in my stand up. I'm much more productive. You were great and, in and, the great depression. And I, and I wrote a book and so my to be creative when you're carrying around this this depression is not as easy as being creative when you feel good about yourself every day. It's funny
0: I think most people think they need the depression to be no, creative.
1: No. I I mean it you have enough of it to work with, yeah, just by living, you have enough setbacks and and sadness and grief and things like that. You don't have to. You don't have to walk. It sounds disparaging to say you're wallowing in it. it makes you th- feel like you're enjoying it when you say wallow. But yeah. that that's sometimes what it what it felt like when I was when I was in it because it was it was so um, complete. Is there this is a very stupid question
0: but is there anything you miss about depression? We are supported by hostage tape. Dude, I had the best sleep of my life last night. And by the way, so did Leanne. Hostage tape is the strongest and most comfortable mouth tape on the planet. What is mouth tape, you might be asking. I first heard about this on Rogan. Uh, I listened to the benefits of sleeping with mouth tape and and mouth breathing versus nose breathing. And I tried it out first. This is what it is. It's a non-invasive sleep aid to help you get the best sleep of your life simply slap it on your face and i have a hairy face that sticks on my face even if it's hairy to work and drift off into the wildest dreams the benefits are endless reduced snoring no more morning breath deeper longer sleeps and best of all some of the best action from your lovely wife and i can endorse that wholeheartedly wholeheartedly this morning leanne said she slept amazing i slept amazing the hot tub was still on Claim the best sleep of your life now at HostageTape.com/slash/Bert. Trust me, you won't regret it. But is there anything you miss about depression?
1: Huh. That's not a stupid question, and you're really good. This is one of the one of the interesting things about your comedy is that your stupid questions are pretty interesting and funny, and actually, and actually, pretty smart. Like when you ask the man who is speaking in Japanese. What the man who was speaking in korean was saying you weren't the only person who ever had that that thought and and man was that funny and and he said that man's speaking korean and didn't you say yeah but kind of (laughs) 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 oh my gosh just so so good so what was the what was the question did you is there anything you miss about oh yeah that's such a great question um, I wouldn't say I miss anything about it, but I feel so sad for that guy. Really? Yeah. Like I, like I think I wish, I wish he knew me then, so that I could have said, "It's gonna, it's gonna end," and when it ends, holy shit, are you gonna be glad you you went through this? Because if, um. I can't tell you exactly what's gonna happen but um one thing is that you become really close friends with chris elliott (laughs) (laughs) which sounds made up because if you know how dedicated i was to the show get a life when it came out and for years after you would you would think that's that's what it's like to be fat
0: (laughs) (laughs) except you don't mean chris elliott (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you go, I wish I could talk to Fat Burt right now, like real Fat Burt, like 275 Fat Burt, uh-huh. drinking every day Fat Burt. Okay. Like not being able to get out of his way, waking up with searing anxiety about oh. death and and regret. and.
1: But did and, you ever make the connection that part of it was the alcohol? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do now. That's why I have a weird healthy respect for alcohol right now where I go, I want you in my life. I just had. I just did an interview about this. Um, I. I. I have. I'm a very. I've always been a very happy person, but I don't think I was very present, even though I was happy. I could get. I could. I could. I could ring happiness out of a wet towel. Yeah, but it wasn't like it was a soaking wet towel. I could just make sure I had enough water in there to get it out, and. When i got i and i i would say this to anyone listening i i had to do an extended period of not drinking to find real joy like real joy like authentic wow the first time it showed up i was in my backyard and i was smiling and i didn't know i was smiling i was just going like this like and then i went what the fuck am i doing i was like i'm smiling and then and i started noticing how often i was smiling and how I was present, Isla said to me one time, you know the difference between you drinking and not drinking? We were at line of Starbucks in the car for drive through, and I said, What? And she goes, Right now you'd be like this. And I said, Well, what do you mean? What as opposed to? And she goes, As opposed to us talking right now. Wow. And I went, Oh. She goes, You were real present. And I was wow. I was so present that I could find I, that when I
1: Did you ever have conversations with your parents? Of that, le- I mean, that's I impressive, man. You sh- you really did something. You and Leanne really did something special. Well, also, did. also, Isla's very special, but she's an interesting kid. Yeah.
0: But I I started finding joy, and and when I started drinking again for the cruise, I was nervous that I was going to let go of the joy. That the joy would be gone. Yeah. That I would have to do another ninety days of not drinking to get it back, which I was willing to do because yeah. I knew how great it was. And I went hard on the cruise, and then Leanne and I went to the Cayman Islands, and we went hard in the Cayman Islands. I mean, like, real hard. And on the flight back, I was like, fuck, I fucked it up. I actually was in the—I was in the Admiral's Club, flying home from Miami to L.A., and I—my stomach hurt. My anxiety was right there. It was right there on my shoulder, uh, and I had a glass— I had a couple glasses of champagne, and old Bert showed up. The bottle of champagne came to the table, and the lady removed it, and I went— oh god and then <laughs> and then and then and i mean i did old school Burt stuff that i haven't done in a while like i mean i could get into the weeds on it but just things to make sure i was gonna Bert's gonna be okay i had a drink on the flight coming home and then i got home and i didn't drink the rest of that night i went to i woke up the next day i didn't drink the next day and the, the day after that, I was here at the office. I was in a pair of jeans, no shirt, no shoes. And it was just getting like a little cold. And I walked out front. And the, I love when the wind kicks up in LA. And the, it was a little windy. And I smiled and I went, oh, yeah. And I went, whoa, hey, I got the joy back. And I got my car, and I woke up the next morning, and I got coffee. I called my dad, and I and I drove and got coffee. And I I really relish in the first words I say in the morning, who they get, who gets them. Oh like, wow! I'm really precious with who gets my first words. That's awesome. Yeah, usually it's Leanne. Usually yeah. she gets my first words, and but this day, uh, the fir- my first words were to the Starbucks lady, and I said, "Hey, I do this to them all the time now." But I go, "Do you
1: ever keep track of these first words?" That's a really interesting uh i've never heard of anybody who is no. who is deliberate in their first words
0: i said they go hey well my first word always is Bert because she goes what, what's the name on your order i said <laughs> Bert. and then she goes how are you doing today Bert?' and i said i'm doing great how are you doing today and she said i'm doing great and i said uh you're the first person i've talked to today and she goes oh are you how's your day starting i go it's about to get a lot better wow and she goes we have your mobile order ready and then i go around and i talk to her again yeah and uh but I, that joy was right there. It was right there. Everything was there. The windows down, and it was still a little windy. And I had coffees ready, and I knew the excitement of how much the co- how the coffee's gonna be. And then I I picked up island and then we drove to school, and 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 I was like, the joy's there. I was so excited. Wow, so excited that I I I drank like maybe one night on the road. I drank uh-huh. in uh, Nashville because it was a big party. And the next morning I woke up and the joy was there. And I went, oh, yeah. shut the fuck up. I woke up and I was like, it's here. It's still here. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I was like, well, I don't want to get rid of it. So yeah. I'm not going to drink tonight or yeah. tomorrow night or the night after. Yeah. Didn't drink for another few Sometimes days.
1: you want to accentuate the joy or reward yourself for the joy with the drink. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Sometimes that. the
0: joy is, the joy doesn't show up until like four o'clock at night where you go, oh, I can have a bottle of wine. And that's you oh, wringing yeah, it out yeah, of the yeah, towel. Yeah, 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 and you yeah. go, oh, let's have a bottle of wine. Oh, who yeah, wants yeah, a drink? And then, yeah. then the joy is there. But yeah. the joy is all there. And and so I've been quantifying, holding on to that joy, but still allowing myself what regular people have as impulse and spontaneity and drinking mm-hmm. when you want to drink. And like I drank over Thanksgiving, but I but I would – it was crazy. I'd never done this, but I'd go – you know, it's 5 o'clock at night. It's dark now. Everyone's starting to go home. I think I'm done drinking. I want to make sure the joy is there tomorrow. And so I'd, I'd just call it quits. And I'd sit with Leanne. We watched When Harry Met Sally. And then I, even after <laughs> a, a, a few drinks of in the in the afternoon and, and early evening, we watched When Harry Met Sally, and the joy was already there. Yeah. And I was sobering up. I was having water. And I went, God damn it, man. I'm so close to it. I don't want to fuck it up. And this morning, I woke up. I woke up fighting with Leanne and I got in my car, sober the few last few days, got in my car and I said, We got no fight about Isla early in the morning. And uh I said, Your thoughts are your reality. Your thoughts are simply your thoughts. You're in control of them. Yeah. You're you're angry at this person, but this you're not that's that you're this anger is out of a past behavior. This is some something else. You know you love her, you know how happy she makes you. Yeah. So Choose to have good thoughts about her and bring those good thoughts home and change change your intent, change your attitude by these thoughts. And I went in and I apologized to Leanne. She left and I ended up dancing by myself wow. in my fucking gym. Played the guitar. I smiled.
1: How long have you played the guitar?
0: Uh, since I was 17. Wow. And I just was like filled with it. I was filled with it today
1: amazing
0: the key is the key for me is is like right now like these this is the thing it's about the, my thing about impulse i sit the, i get the impulse to drink or to smoke weed or i did i get impulses all the time yeah but just sitting with those impulses yeah. and allowing myself to sit with them and let them go away yeah. and then realize that was a thought it was a fleeting thought yeah. just because you have the thought doesn't mean you have to act on it yeah and 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 once you let it go away you don't have that thought for another three hours. I, go, I can last three hours. And yeah. then if I can get to nine o'clock, no one wants to drink after nine o'clock by themselves. Wow. And so uh, that's, I, I, but, but I, 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 am. And I used to, here's the crazy thing. I used to have anxiety. If I was happy going, don't get too happy. Something bad's coming. Oh yeah. That's very Jewish. And so, yeah. And so, yeah, but I don't too have shall that. pass. Yeah. 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 And i don't have yeah. that i just uh that's
1: so great to hear man that's i'll you tell you what's even
0: better to hear is when you say <laughs> i mean because i i was with you at times when i didn't i really didn't understand depression yeah i remember you traveled with a light
1: oh yeah 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 a light remember, box, yeah light box because i had season, seasonal affective disorder my my mood was was uh related a lot to lack of sun i mean throughout my life up until this episode it would the days would get shorter and I would I would really have to fight man to to maintain my my mood and my and my composure. You know what I wanted to ask you about the the cruise that you just had was my friend our friend Andy Frasco was on it. Yeah. And and maybe we should edit this out. You can make this decision. But I feel like he parties the way I always pictured you partying. He parties harder than I party. Yeah, right? He, and I'm always like, how long can he maintain this? Oh, well, hopefully because through it's tomorrow awesome, night cause I'm thinking I'm going right? to a
0: Flyers game with him. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: But it's because it's also part of his persona is that when he puts on a show, he has to deliver this, this party to the he people it. and partake he, it in it. He but he's also effort. not married. He's not doing it on the same... And he doesn't have chill. He's not doing it the same degree
0: of difficulty. He hasn't lost. You can tell. I can tell. There's two types of people. Leanne pointed this. I read, I listened to Matthew Perry's book. Matthew Perry was an, an enamored by Bruce Willis because Bruce Willis seemed to just care about the party. Like he was just there to party. Yeah. And when the party was over, he was done drinking. Interesting. Matthew Perry, it, he didn't even need the party. He, the, the drinking and the drugs wow. were what he needed. Uh, Andy Frasco has the Bruce Willis gene. Yeah, where he just wants the party. Okay. And I, but see,
1: I I always felt that was you.
0: It is me. I'm definitely. I definitely. I, but I, I definitely am that guy. I have dabbled in the because there's something wildly sexy to me about drinking by yourself and getting weird, like (laughs) like when the party's over, going I'm going back to my hotel room and I'm gonna I'm gonna really deep dive into the Smiths. (laughs) <laughs> and just get in some underwear get my fitbit going and just dance around the room and be weird for a little bit wow. and just losing yourself and being weird as fuck. yeah i loved that i still love it but now i can do it without booze right and just get weird yeah by yourself get up at four in the fucking morning when when you when you wake up and be like i'm not going back to bed i'm not getting on instagram and just go out and be weird as fuck by yourself and I love it. I love that it. That is awesome. Andy. Uh, it's inspiring. Andy's inspiring. That guy's a bad, I love that dude.
1: I love him. Since the moment I saw Todd Glass shared a video of him doing the Hora in in Germany. And I was like, first of all, this song is awesome. And then he scored my special. You know that. No. Right? Yeah. He, I, I did a, his podcast and my, my, he's like my closest friend now. Or one of my closest. Andy? No. Todd? Mike Bonfiglio. Oh. He directed my special. Okay, yeah, and he yeah. did the Carlin documentary and the Shanling documentary. He's like an Emmy award winning partner with with Judd Apatow. And so he was listening to me do the the podcast with Andy. And I said, Andy, that song Some Days is like one of the greatest thing. And we talked about where it came from, depression and anxiety and all this stuff. And Mike heard that and he said, "This is the perfect song to end the special with," and it worked so beautifully. The first time I heard it and a few times after that, I wept. It just was so. That song is just so perfect.
0: His song and, "Dancing on My Grave" oh is makes me cry.
1: And also "Smoking Dope and Rock and Roll" is a banger too.
0: <laughs> he's a I mean, he is he's a real he's, talent.
1: He's really special. It, yeah. Sometimes reminds me of what people might have felt when they first saw Springsteen or somebody like that. Like just somebody who was born to be oh. on stage and creating. He yeah. is. And I love that he
0: went to Italy for Christmas, for Thanksgiving.
1: I didn't know that he did. He just did. went
0: to Italy. He wow. was like, you know,
1: fuck it. Yeah.
0: And I was like, and he's so down to
1: earth and humble and regular. And by the way, he loves us. And, yeah. and very few people do you feel loved. Right, yeah, yeah, and they may love you, but you don't feel it. But I never don't feel loved by him when I'm around him, and like... he's like,
0: he he reminds me of the. Do you ever meet a kid where like he's just old enough to not hug you, but he still hugs you? Yes, and you're like, wow, and you're like, and you're
1: like, oh, I'll see you later, partner. Man, that's a great analogy.
0: Yeah, like Andy's got that energy of yeah. that kid who's just. So excited yeah. you came to their house for yes, and that you took time to shoot BB guns with you. And then, he, yeah. and then you, you get a hug from him. And yeah. the dad's like, Did you molest my kid? And you're like,
1: No, <laughs> like, you made him. Why would the father jump to that conclusion? <laughs> I,
0: don't know. So, I spent all day with the kids shooting the, BB guns. Yeah, it's
1: over the top. <laughs> <laughs> there was another question I was gonna ask you. We're probably running long, but no. um, did you enjoy college? Did you have fun? I had. Probably the second most fun of
0: my life. Yeah. Right now is the most fun of my life. But I, at college for me, when I got
1: done. I mean, I know what your college was yeah. like, but my question is, was it joyful? and? It was so enjoyable. That's great. On so many levels
0: <laughs> that I look back and I think of just how present I was. Cause I, yeah. There was no social media. There was no right. internet. yeah, There was just a phone and I never cared if you called me had an answering machine leave a message i guess i'll maybe i never really checked messages wow i i set up my days perfectly no no class before noon what was your major uh english oh that's good english it's creative writing but uh it's amazing i have no regret i only had sex with two people or women in college i've uh i've only had i only had sex with two chicks in
1: college have no regret about that i'm really proud of that that i i didn't have sex once in college really yeah i had a girlfriend who wanted to save herself from marriage and she was really cool wow
0: yeah and then after
1: college you were like i'm gonna clean up yeah then i then i was then i was like oh i (laughs) i should probably make up for lost time but i was never like some of the guys we've we've worked with (laughs) <laughs> it, it was never what. what is the word uh, uh, um, compulsion I remember and saying. it might be because I waited so long because it I always thought like there were some guys who had it really early and it became their raison d'etre for the rest of for the rest I mean still some yeah. of them right oh I, I remember saying to one
0: person um, you know you can just order dinner from her <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to fuck her. You can you can just get like a soda and a and she'll get you wings. Like there was, I was blown away by the people that, I was I was always blown away by people that cared a lot about sex. Yeah. So I was like, I, it's, yeah, it's part of life, but it's not the thing.
1: Right. It's like, I don't right. know
0: what happened to you in high school, but it didn't have yeah. to be the thing.
1: Yeah. And the, the other thing I always thought that we uh, understood each other on was that we kind of took the, some really bad things could happen with sex seriously like like i i probably listened too much about std uh things and everything like that i was so man i i really hung up on it
0: i believed i wholeheartedly believed that aids was running rampant yeah and it was it was five years away for us to learning that everyone had aids right and uh genital warts i remember like one in yes, four people that was, oh my god v- yes, uh, herpes and, and at herpes one point, of course at herpes I was, like, I was like one just get give it to me
1: i remember getting an ingrown hair near my and being like having a literal panic attack and
0: ugh i i, I and i i definitely took and I, i'm not saying that like that i i definitely t- took the love thing more s- serious yes
1: yes I, I wanted. I to only wanted me. to have sex with somebody who I was in love with. That was important. <laughs>
0: I didn't, and I couldn't understand. <laughs> I couldn't understand how
1: anyone could like
0: be in a bed with someone yeah. that they weren't in love with. Didn't it yeah. depress them? Like, didn't you? How? how
1: what were you to say wow, to that person so the next morning?
0: I was so, and and I also believed anyone that wanted to have sex with me was something's wrong with them.
1: There was that, and also that they wanted something more than just having sex. I remember oh. I remember in college, after my girlfriend and I broke up, it was during a, a, a winter break and I started hooking up. We didn't have sex, but I would hook up with this girl during Christmas break. And then as soon as Christmas break was over, she found somebody else and, and um, was not into me. And I said to my friend, I said, what the hell happened? He says, it could have just been a, a break hookup. And I was like, what? Okay, what the? What kind of insanity in the break hookup?
0: What is she? Prince I was Edward. Yeah. What am I? Some indigenous person just yeah. sitting on the island?
1: Where are you sailing to? I couldn't get over it that a woman could, or anybody could be that unconnected oh,
0: to. I I, I could to not
1: even kissing.
0: I said I love you way too fast. Me too. I said it, I would just I was like that that's I I said to someone <laughs> so the funny. other day, I, I wanted I wanted I would go to a bar not looking for someone to have sex with. I was looking for someone to get me. Like oh, I wanted yeah. someone that oh, got yeah, me. Yeah, totally. Like someone that
1: got me that somebody i somebody who found me funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or interesting or wanted to talk,
0: listen to me. Or or like just was like, I'd be cool getting pizza tonight. Yeah. And
1: the bar was always too loud.
0: I remember there was a girl, there was a girl one summer who said to me, uh, we should just go back to your house. And I was like, oh, what do you want to do? <laughs> and I was like, oh. And wow. then she was like, I'm, I'm a sure thing. And I was like, and I remember thinking, you don't have to be, you're so pretty and you're so cool. Why do you have to be a sure thing? Like, why can't you not be a sure thing? And Interesting. and and, and, and it, that fucked me up for a long time. And and. It did because I just would, I would, I, I then stopped believing in women. Oh. I just, and it was during sex in the city when I moved to New York. Oh, okay. And, and I watched. interesting. I watched dudes like piss away their stand up for sex. Like it was like the, the hooking up with chicks was more important than doing oh, a good set. Oh man.
1: Yes. The, the, the set was just a hook up
0: with chicks. Oh, I remember being like, dude. Yeah. That's the wrong fucking move. Wow. I, there, and I, I mean I remember thinking god damn it that guy is so talented yes if he didn't care about pussy he could be one of the best and oh I was like gosh. I was like and I remember saying to myself well I also I was also like I don't I'm not worth the girl I want right now like I don't deserve the girl I want the girl I want I need to do some work not just on myself but on my career, I need to be established. I need to have like <laughs> some footing in this business yeah. before she'll, the girl I want will res- will like that guy. Yeah. And so any girl, I, I, I and I think I, I had sex like twice in New York. Maybe, maybe f- three times. And every time, every time I was like, I was, it was, I was so, it, it fucked me up so much. Yeah. Uh, and I, but it was mostly like, for neural diseases i had sex with one chick and didn't wear a condom and i was and i fucking spun out it was probably the bit if i I take this back is the number one time i ever experienced depression wow and it was when i was working at barnes and noble i was just about to turn 26 and i spun out of control it's comedic now but at the time it was so serious i mean i was soaking my dick and balls in white vinegar every night, <gasps> like I was. I just spun out of control, and the <laughs> oh internet wasn't good enough to help you. Oh, it would just hilarious. give you the oral stuff. Yeah. So I'm spraying Tenactin on my dick, like man. Maybe- Tough and, actin? Ten- tough actin and actin maybe <laughs> 10 times a day just to make sure that you didn't want anything dry. You no. wanted to make sure everything was dry down there. Oh my gosh. And by the time... i have forgotten
1: all about tenactin.
0: Oh, dude. Effective, huh? The Rite Aid by uh, West Forth, uh, the pizza place, there was a Rite Aid, there was a
1: CVS right there. You know the area of your body that's not your back and it's not exactly your butt? Yeah. I get... uh. uh it's sometimes i get uh, uh, dry crack it, like it, uh, i have that. i've had that i've had that i've had that and what do you do about that i uh, i it's so, sort of the it's sort of another taint but it's not the taint so, do you know so what i mean i you had a thing i had a about? thing
0: i had a thing where there was a bubble of a bubble of like a like a, a blister there okay and and i didn't know what it was. it was i was married and i knew i hadn't done anything yeah and i was at the I was at the richmond no i was at the cincinnati funny bone condo
1: it gets sweaty in there and it and it, yeah yeah
0: and it popped oh. and i was like oh i sat on the toilet seat too hard and i was like motherfucker <laughs> but yeah i've had that
1: wow yeah it's like uh it's not dry skin but it's like it's it's chafing or something i don't know i think but i would have enjoyed being I bet a doctor it, i bet you ten yeah, except for you you get out of college and medical school and you have to keep learning new things. So, like, you're always a student. And that... I always I always thought, like, the great thing in comedy is you can kind of... You develop an hour or so of comedy and you get a year of, of practicing with that. You don't really have to push yourself too hard. The interesting thing when we... <laughs> you never know Dennis goes, man. You should have seen my early clients. Yeah. When we started... <laughs> people weren't turning over their acts guys were guys were touring with the same act for decades yeah. and that's one of the great things about when we came up is that people were like no you can't fucking do that and the audience shouldn't stand for it <laughs> um please watch my special i think you'll December like it and, 21st? I, and i and i yeah and i like hearing What you say about my comedy it makes me feel really good because you have good taste so i
0: was i'll tell you and i was started saying this but peter said uh i don't think i've seen any of his stand-up and i said but you haven't seen and so we played some of your stand-up driving to do a podcast oh wow and peter's not a laugher like he's like very analytical and he was laughing hysterically and i was like oh it's so cool that like in, in theory it's like imagine if i was a musician if i was john mayer and i was like you've never heard this guy and i played it and someone's like this is fucking awesome <laughs> i was like that's oh, the, the
1: equivalent that's really cool but it, it it reminds me i felt very good when you're when you told me your dad had watched it and he, and he I, liked it that, i told it, you i so told you to me.
0: if i if i wanted to find out if a joke was funny with my dad i'd tell him that you told it <laughs> i <I'd> go <laughs> so gary good. goldman's got a new chick about not hitting his wife he's like <laughs> Gary's married? And I was like, no, it's just a joke, dad. What do you think? And he'd be like, no, fucking that works.
1: You need to write like that.
0: Oh, that's so good. That's Cyrano de Bergerac, my dad Oh, that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a great idea, man.
0: Fuck. Yeah, dude, I love you to death. I love you. I love you. you to death. I'm so happy you're happy. I'm so happy. I can't wait to watch your special. Thank I can't you. wait to read your book. Thank you're you. You're fucking brilliant. I love watching you shoot baskets on the court. It's so <laughs> oh, fucking thanks, great.
1: That, do you have time to play at all this week? No. Oh, okay.
0: I leave. All right. Another I time. Five in the I'm gonna be back tomorrow.
1: in January, so I'll, Are you I'll really? reach out. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. around in January. I don't know. I've not I've been taking a look at my tour. I'm okay. fucking gives me anxiety. No, it's okay. You always figure it out. Yeah. yeah. It, isn't that the truth? Yeah. You. It always. It. My yeah. mom used to say, "It all comes out in the wash."
1: Oh. You know, not all of it, Mom. What's your mom's name? Gigi. Oh,
0: I love that. Yeah, Gigi, Gigi Kreischer. Gigi Kreischer she's a real
1: piece of fucking work <laughs> what what who from our lifetime dead or alive would you cast to play your mom and oh Bette midler yeah without a wow that's great that's great Bette midler, great. Bette midler. It, without a doubt Bette midler my my mother looks just like ray's mom and everybody loves raymond oh really yeah but she has more of a uh Joan Rivers type thing yeah. where she's memorized what clearly must have been old John, Joan Rivers <laughs> lines so that like if if you uh leave her house and she'll say you'll say uh, all right I'll be back she'll say that's what my first husband said <laughs> <laughs> That works
0: so much better if <laughs> if if uh if they'd use that in the terminator <laughs> Well, I'll be back year so cuz that's what my first husband. One said. of
1: my favorite <laughs> things you ever said about a movie was uh you know what would have ruined The Usual Suspects if somebody had walked by the interrogation room and said Kaiser? <laughs> Somebody went to high school with Kaiser Soze. Kaiser walked by the Soze? integration. Kaiser Soze! I haven't seen you in... Fi- you cut your hair! You cut your hair! How's your family doing? You, you cut your hair is the funniest part of that. Because the... I mean, the Kaiser Soze from that small clip is yeah. a gorgeous man with flowing hair like a young Antonio Banderas. And Kaiser? then it's spacey. Kaiser Soze? Oh my gosh.
0: Thank you for doing my podcast, Gary.
1: Thank you for having me on. It was an, This was so much fun. I loved it.
0: This episode was brought to you by The Machine.